In Thailand, you can get 20 years in prison for insulting the king. In Honolulu, you can get 20% off at Royal Thai Garden for mentioning the Blue Hawaii podcast. Royal Thai Garden, Eva Beach, 96706. The best Thai food, the best La Ocean food, the best shrimp. Everything is good. Just go there, eat it. It's great. Mention the Blue Hawaii podcast, get 20% off. 20%. Blue Hawaii. And now, a message from Beto O'Rourke. Morning run through Bullet Gorge. Catching up on old episodes of Pod Save America. The faint taste of Linda's sausage casserole imbues my breath. Her rant about Fox News ringing in my ears. The pod bros are applauding someone's perfect tweet. No sidewalks in sight. Am I lost? New Mexico, I think. Heart rate quickens. Earth reddens. Clouds abound and birds observe. Mind is racing. Freedom has a scent out here. Firewood and coffee grounds. The pod bros are losing me. I can't shake the lyrics from that Blink-182 song blaring at the Laser Quest Arcade in Lubbock. Corporate leaders, politicians, kids can't vote, adults elect them. Maybe I could work that into the stump speech at some point. Drenched in sweat already. Haven't even finished stretching. What the hell was that? Beto, like, what? What? I'm trying to be relatable. Are you already trying to lose the election? No. People crave authenticity. That's not authenticity. That's just crappy poetry. That's like the faint taste of Linda's sausage casserole. You never want to go taste of somebody's sausage. You Like, everybody hears a period there, Beto. And it sounds like you're making a crass joke about your wife. You know, this kind of divisive rhetoric is what people are really turned off about Washington, D.C. right now. What people are turned off about is your weird-ass diarying that you're sharing with the entire world. This is like the dentist all over again. Ladies and gentlemen, that is an actual excerpt of Beto O'Rourke's... The only thing I can say is, you know, listening reflections. Skater boy Jack Kerouac. Like, what? What was he doing? Man, you know what? Like... Postmod, you know, maybe you just don't understand postmodern art. <laughs> I guess I don't. Well, anyway, welcome to the Blue Hawaii Podcast, everybody. Let's do the drop. Yeah. We often hear Halloween meaning white person in a negative connotation, but is a perfectly good word. It means foreign introduced to a foreign origin or foreign introduction. So in Hawaiian, anyone or anything that is not native to Hawaii is haole. I'm Leilani Poli Ahu. Ahui ho. Welcome to the Blue Hawaii Podcast. I'm Ryan Little. I'm Josh Michaels. And we are here for another Saturday. We have S A T U R D A Y. Pop pop. Uh, I said pop now. pop. That sounds like pop, somebody pop. got shot. Pop pop. <laughs> happening now. Magnitude, uh, the one man party for all you community nerds out there. Um, that was a deep, deep, not a deep, deep cut, but like a deep cut. I, I like really that. loved Community. That's a good show. Yeah. Was, R- RIP. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite shows uh, ever. Today, big day in sports. It's the Anti-Donagan Bowl. Uh, number 14, Auburn, is hosting number 12, Kentucky. This is like the SEC battle. Both of these teams are fighting to come in second to Tennessee this year. I'm not going to debate that. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. We're going to put it on. Uh, I'm sure Anti-Dona will be chiming in either way. We're looking forward to that. We'll keep you posted. She's such a nice woman, she but is. she talks mad crap she, about Kentucky sports. Oh, she'll let you have it, boy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, also happening today on the CBS Sports Network, the Polynesian Bowl, the uh, annual high school invitation for not just Polynesians, but mostly Polynesians. Mostly Polynesians and to his younger, not as good brother. Is he going to be there? I think he is. Talia. Legit. Yeah. Very legit. Uh, what else? The government still shut down. <gasps> Stupid wall. Um, you know, the president uh, and right-wing Twitter are adding a nice little Islamophobic flavor to the made-up border crisis, if you've seen this week. The big rumor going around, people are leaving Islamic prayer rugs all over rural Texas. The, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, because you wouldn't do it, it like, it's you would only have to do it as, like, a graffiti-type thing. Like, we were here, because... A prayer rug is one of those things that you use for a very specific purpose. And you tend to not want to leave it behind. You tend you, to continue exactly, to need it. Yeah, it's like you, you're not like, well, this is my last prayer rug time on this prayer rug. Like, yeah. No, you. if you're going to pray in the desert, you, 
I guess ostensibly you'd yeah. unroll your prayer. It's like a yoga mat. Like yeah. no one leaves a yoga mat like yeah. in the desert. It's like if the you're original, doing desert yoga. Like, it's like that's the, the original w- yoga mat. Yeah, it's like the one thing you remember to take is like, oh, this giant piece of material that I brought with me. Well, this is an ancient right wing talking point. You know, in twenty fourteen they discovered another one of these on the border, a prayer rug. It turned out to be an Adidas shirt. Uh <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, Tom King tweeted, for what it's worth. I was head of the CIA's Counterterrorism Americas branch from 2007 to 2009. One of our responsibilities was assessing possible international terrorist threats coming across the U.S. southern border. In my opinion, the president's tweet is racist. Uh, Speaking of exciting developments concerning our neighbor to the south, according to trial testimony that emerged this week, El Chapo, the notorious uh, cartel lord, may have bribed former Mexican president Enrique Peña Nieto with a hundred million, a hundred million dollars. Look, look, look. I, we got into it last week. And when I heard this news, yeah. I was like... Nancy Pelosi. I'm like, yo, you know what? El Chapo bribed Nieto with one Nancy Pelosi. And I'm like, you offer me 100 milli? Yeah. Bro, I'm probably going to let you go. Yeah, well, why didn't he just crowdfund a rose delivery like Daily Cost did? Beautiful. <laughs> Dude, uh, I can see, you know, I bet among the resistance liberals, like... Nancy Pelosi is El Chapo status with them. La Chapa. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, and just so our, you know, so our other neighbor, we're talking about all our neighbors today. Our other neighbor didn't feel left out. We have some Canada news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Senator Rand Paul, uh, one of the fiercest critics of socialized medicine and a man with a Brillo pad for a hairstyle, uh, <laughs> will travel to Canada to have hernia surgery. Remember when his neighbor beat the crap out of him on his lawn? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still, uh, apparently he really got tuned up because he's still struggling with it. Um, but for some reason, you know, despite having the best medical care supposedly in the United States, uh, which is why they had to repeal, you know, Obamacare to save us all, uh, he's going up north. I, I wonder what the impetus for that fight was. I still wonder. I wonder really, really hard. Like, you got to do something pretty bad for your neighbor to beat a hernia into your body. Yeah. Like, what did Rand do? Phil, Phil Randerer? Is he a Phil Randerer? Uh, you know what? His neighbor uh, got that Soros check. Could be. Yeah. Uh, did you see, uh, uh, speaking of conservative intellectuals, did you see conservative intellectual superstar Ben Shapiro destroying abortion with facts and logic at the March for Life yesterday? Uh, like, the only thing that I saw was uh, a trending notification on Twitter that said, Baby Hitler. <laughs> And of course, I'm not gonna not click on that. Which you, so I uh, thought it was like you know like a like a Comedy Central like yeah. fall sitcom. No, like, this is the the crux. This this, is the cr- this Wednesday at eight. Yeah, baby this is, Hitler. This is the crux of uh, the argument. No pro life person on earth would kill baby Hitler. <laughs> yeah, because well, and then I got even deeper into it, and, yeah. and people and somebody was like, yeah, of course you wouldn't kill baby Hitler. Like the better thing would be to like go make Hitler's mom fall in love with you, and then. Basically, and then like maybe you have a baby that's not baby Hitler. Yeah. So basically, the argument is don't kill baby Hitler, just bang his mom. Which <laughs> is like, why do you think the Holocaust probably happened? Like he's he got some deep seated issues. Yeah, no, you you know. Oh, so the, I guess the argument is you know you go back in time, you you raise you kidnap him and you raise him in a different situation what a weird yeah. like personal calling yeah. on your life like, give, yeah give baby hitler a chance to rehabilitate rehabilitate his image but the guatemalan refugees at the border and like the syrian refugees coming across the mediterranean screw them yeah let, they get to uh, die hey they've been they've been born like it's on, it's on them but well like uh, but in this scenario in shapiro's scenario hitler had already uh, been born so baby hitler's just like hanging out he's just worth more i, I, I guess. guess like i don't know Hitler, you know, but Hitler, he's not Shapiro's well, not a Nazi, right? But seventeen-year-old Trayvon Martin had it coming. Yeah, totally. Uh, he's carrying a bag of Skittles. What yeah. do you expect? Also, the key to saving people uh, from terrible fates is to get them raised in better family situations. But I refuse to support LGBT adoption, or I refuse to support things like basic basic social services yeah. that are going to help people have better social or situations. Comprehensive sex education. Yeah, yeah. I'd uh, rather just invent a time machine and go back and bang their mom. You know what I call that? What? The Handmaid's Fail. That's beautiful. Thank you. One last fun fact. In 2002, Ben Shapiro wrote, I'm getting really sick of people who whine about civilian casualties. When I see in the newspapers that civilians in Afghanistan or the West Bank were killed by American or Israeli troops, I don't really care. In fact, I would rather that the good guys use the Air Force to kill the bad guys, even if that means some civilians get killed along the way. 
one American soldier is worth far more than an Afghan civilian. That is the entire ethos of the right wing war machine. Yep. And is basically them just, as we've yeah. been saying, saying the quiet part out loud. You know why they want to save the, the, the babies? So that they can draft them. Because, <laughs> you know, once they turn 18. Yeah. Well, we can't, we don't have the draft. Eventually, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Uh, Some interesting news. Yeah, let's go local news. Local news. Friend of the show, Tommy Waters. You may remember him. He was running for city council in District Six. Uh, he, that's your district. That's that's my district. Yeah. He lost by a grand total of twenty-two votes. Uh, in a uh, strange twist of fate, for some reason, the Hawaii Elections Commission did not want to do a recount. Mr. Waters sued. Uh, and that actually was heard by the Supreme Court. The case was heard by the Supreme Court. The yeah. Supreme Court's going to make a decision on whether to invalidate the votes, whether to have a revote, yeah. or whether to just let the vote stand as is. Go check out the, uh, it's too much to go get into right now, so check out the Star Advertiser article by Gordon Pang. Uh, basically, if the Hawaii Supreme Court chooses to side with the city council candidate, Tommy Waters, uh, voters of East Honolulu District might need to vote again. We'll keep you posted. If you need to vote again, stay tuned. Yeah. And finally, last local news we're talking about, local and national news, the reaction to uh, Tulsi's announced presidential bid is not going great. You know, we've seen Tucker Carlson and Glenn Greenwald, uh, the hard right and the hard left, are cool. both... Cool, she should run for the Republican yeah, nomination. Are both going to bat for yeah. her. Uh, I think it's fair to say those are two enormous red flags. Yeah. Uh, just to illustrate what a lot of commentators are saying, we'll quote excerpts from a particularly brutal article uh, that ran locally in the Star Advertiser. David Shapiro, no relation to Ben, writes, Gabbard plays both sides in angling for White House. At 37, Hawaii U.S. Rep. Tulsi Gabbard has little record of substantive achievement during stints in the legislature, city council, and U.S. Congress. Few peers seem to look to her for leadership. Yet, her relentless self-promotion has gained enough attention that she thinks she can be president. What a ringing endorsement. <laughs> Gabbard built her prominence on a twist to the old political adage that you pick your fights carefully. She carefully picks fights with her own Democratic Party. Uh, Shapiro talks about the latest example, her beef with Maisie Hirono. Let's uh, just skip ahead to the very end, his last sentence. Yeah. She eventually disavowed white nationalist support, but it hasn't stopped Democrats from wondering why these folks like her so much. Yeah, that's uh, it's quite an article. You should check it out. And uh, It's not great. It's not great. Uh, one she prediction will not be the next president of the well, United like, States. Everybody says she's running for vice president, but like... On whose ticket? Yeah. Who's gonna want you? Yeah. Who's gonna like what? In what world is there a Democrat elected out of the primaries who's pro Assad and pro Syria? Like Syria isn't like the nation state, not the people, not the idea. Um. One final uh, little bit of fun we have for you. Wanted to read a few tweets sent to us uh, about episode one. Uh, if you've got good stuff, send it to us. We'll probably read it on air. This one comes from uh, Clay Trarnicht, at Clay Trow, T-R-A-U. Oh, we're giving him a shout-out later in the show. Giving him a shout-out later in the show as well. Uh, he writes, enjoy the political discussion, but dudes, you guys need to learn some local natural history. Okay, holy. Now, I assume that this is in response to uh, us asking, why does it matter that the last Hawaiian tree snail died well to be fair i didn't ask that you asked that but you didn't have a good answer i mean it's sad it is it is that's, sad. that's all i know for sure it's like saying like why is it bad when somebody's grandma dies like yeah it's sad yeah. but like they weren't exactly you know well they're doing a whole lot for the world are, there are a lot more grandmas out there than there than are yeah. Tree yeah. Yeah. and you know the indicator you know grandma's dying is is sort of a fact of life whereas you know animal populations dying off is a more is a usually a canary in the coal mine warning flag that things are about to go wrong with the environment well clay uh after we asked you know we acknowledge we have no knowledge of science and no. math that's why we did Went lawyer things yeah, yeah. Uh, if we could have avoided it we probably would have mm -hmm. but we couldn't so uh, we asked clay for some resources and he graciously provided yep. some really really good articles on biodiversity yep. and why things are important to not go extinct which is the most articulate way that's ever been put uh Go follow him on Twitter. Take a look at some of the stuff he put out. It's really good. Also, a shout out to uh, after we asked him, hey, would you mind sending some resources? A person uh, named Miss Bisquick at Ms. BQ 
comes up with not her real name. I would no, I doubt it. I doubt it is. If it is, her parents need to be arrested. Um, she brings uh, a little bit of levity and joy into the conversation, saying, "For what it's worth, I think your crooked media cosplay is spot on." <laughs> so, uh, we've we've been we've been told worse. Oh, and then we've been told better, but we've been told worse. I thought maybe it was a compliment, so I tagged crooked media, and then she goes, "Easy there, fanfic." And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know we got a we, we got a live one here, yeah. folks. So uh, you may want to follow her. You may not. Uh, not I a believe, lot of other people do. She's believe, got four followers. I believe uh, we are being cyberbullied. I think I, that does feel like cyberbullying. So, right. uh, anyways, if you've got good tweets this week, tweet at us. Let us know what you think. If it's good, we'll read it on air. If it's bad, we might read it on air. Yeah. Uh, other than that, but you should probably quit Twitter anyway for your mental health. Yeah, Twitter's a toxic cesspool of a place that we I spend read, literally all my time. We read the tweets, so you don't have to. Oh my god, we read so many tweets. Too many tweets. Um, that's it for now. We'll be back in a minute. Blue Hawaii podcast. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. gentlemen. This is a Blue Hawaii podizzle production. Sierra! Wait, wait, no, wait. Different Sierra. Different Sierra. Okay. So, we have a very special guest. A very we have fancy. Two, two very, very special guests. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Uh, you may have heard of a small nonprofit known as the Sierra Club. Never heard of it. <laughs> what does it do? Well, you is the rhetorical you. Anyway, they are pretty much the primo nonprofit out there. Uh, volunteer bed. Over three and a half million members caring about the environment, looking out for it, uh, fighting. Every crazy thing that comes out of D.C. every single day. And we are thrilled to be joined tonight by Natalie Lucas, who is a member of their National Board of Directors. Uh, we also have another guest in the studio. Ryan, why don't you handle this introduction? This person is a human who is beyond compare. A uh, Well, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of rude to Natalie if we just introduce her. Natalie say, Earmuffs. <laughs> uh, she is a uh, wonderful, brilliant, articulate, funny beautiful uh incredible person with a soul as bright as the sun uh she is and that's just my resume <laughs> she's a graduate of the auburn university uh never she, heard of it <laughs> yes you have uh she is a uh, fantastic engineer an electrical engineer some might say uh, working in the renewables some, space. Some might say. Well, I don't know. Some other people might say other things. The, Am- the Amish wouldn't say I don't know. That. I feel like I'm... The Amish would say devil's engineering. Exactly. She is... A, well, she would. they would also say a woman working? No. Stone her. Uh, so, anywho, um, no offense to all our Amish listeners. Uh, she is a renewables engineer. Uh, she's worked for... Uh, if worked, excuse me, in the renewable space since 2012... Uh, you know her, you love her. Her name is Jordan Little, my wife. Hey, honey. Woo. Hey, babe. Yeah. Now, back to, back to Natalie's bio. Back to Natalie. <laughs> Natalie, you are <laughs> also <laughs> impressive, but we don't sleep in the same uh, bed. Yeah, so Natalie... Uh, I had a glass of I wine mean, before we started this interview. <laughs> you've only just met. Uh, Natalie, <laughs> Natalie earned her master's in development from the University of Arizona. Go Wildcats, bear down. Jordan earned her bachelor's of engineering <laughs> from Auburn University. Ryan, er, Ryan earned his law degree from the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Really, master's in the school of law. Josh did too. Uh, and Natalie has been involved in international climate change work since 2011. She's also the executive director of Care About Climate, a non-governmental organization that works on climate change mitigation and adaptation projects around the world. Natalie and Jordan, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. So ladies, as probably the two most qualified people we know to talk about the environment and the planet and energy and all that, you know, the good stuff that we don't understand. Natalie, we'll start with you. Um, key question, whether, you know, in your Sierra Club capacity, as well as, you know, your, your other capacities, you have, a, you wear a lot of hats, you know, you know this, you know the environment. How screwed are we? I would say that we are in a place where we need to take a lot of action really, really soon. Um, So the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change just came out with their report saying that we have about 12 years left until we hit tipping points when it comes to um, ecosystem shifts and things like that. That could have pretty 
astronomical effects on our environment and how we live every single day. Um, so there's there's that piece, but I also see a lot of movement on um, like renewable energy fronts and a lot of people who are looking towards solutions. And so I am pessimistically optimistic um, in that I really think that like we when we put our minds to something like as a human community, we can actually like really change things. I'm just wondering if we have that will to do so. Um, but I also am really inspired by like the movements that are happening across the country to really try to change things from the 100% renewable movement to uh, the Green New Deal to um, just local communities trying to change the way that they're powered, change their waste management, all of those things. Uh, but we, we need to do stuff soon or people are going to get hurt for sure. So moderately screwed. Moderately, yes. Okay. So, when, uh, so when you say doing stuff, uh, what are the first steps of action we can take? And I guess, Jordan, you can chime in on this too. Uh, what, is the, what does that look like? F government, private sector, a combination? I definitely think it's a combination, but it needs to really shift from people just turning off their lights and like individuals saying like, oh, if I just don't use plastic bags, then yeah. the world's going to be okay. Yeah, because Exxon still exists, right? Right, yeah. yeah. So we need to like... There needs to be serious discussion about government regulation. There needs to be serious discussion about market abilities. There needs to be discussion about how we hold businesses accountable to prevent like externalities, basically, from affecting people. Um, and all those things need to be on the table. And But I would like to frame it as more like an opportunity rather than like this this monster that government has to try to control because it really also has an opportunity for like good jobs, like better communities. Um, people like coming together to try to like do like world war ii style mobilizations of trying to fix this problem or go to the moon yeah. and um it it could be in reach for us for sure so to turn that question into a more local lens here in hawaii jordan you worked for um, the elemental accelerator which is uh, created in the wake of the hawaii clean energy initiative uh, which is um, helping hawaii get to uh, 100 renewable energy by 2035 2045 um, 2045 but close but we could probably do 2035 hey, that's same, what the that's schools what, are doing actually. that's what david Ige told us when we sat down with him okay that's, hey, it's 2045 same year as the rail that's true um <laughs> too soon too soon just like 2045 for the rail that's too <laughs> hey. soon um in terms of hoy specifically like it's a little different, like, you know, Natalie was talking about the the sort of global perspective, but how screwed are we here, like, here in this house right now? Uh, um, like, should I buy a house here in Hawaii? Maybe not within the, the blue zone. What's um, the blue zone? <laughs> so that's where uh, the impacts of climate change, you're going to see the sea levels rise within our lifetime. Um, so, like, Blue Planet Foundation does, like, a blue lining project where they actually paint blue on the sidewalks with various chalks with all the kids. Um, so that people can actually see, oh, That's morbid. my driveway is going to be underwater in the next 40 years. <laughs> like, Isn't science fun? They make the kids do <laughs> Isn't that? Isn't neat? It's like, you know, it's an educational empowerment kind of, kind of thing. It's not so much like free labor, I guess, but. So like, so Hawaii specifically, like we're seeing sea level rise already though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like what, what can, what are we doing here to mitigate it what are, is what can we do to mitigate it? it depends on who you talk to and i think that historically looks back at hawaii where it's been you know you have the governor's office versus the city and county versus the electric utility versus the public utilities commission versus the legislature and everyone's kind of working on their own different paths but there's not really like a convergence of uh, to one um and so if everyone doesn't play nicely together and work together towards something common then we're all going to be kind of spinning our wheels separately trying to accomplish the same goal or maybe just look out for your own best interest. But she described, uh, Jordan described that trend of everybody sort of working separately, trying to make progress, but make progress separately. Is that something that you have seen in the work that you've done? Is that a global trend? Is that a national trend? Or is that sort of unique to Hawaii? I think it depends on where you're looking. But for the most part, I think people are pretty siloed. And that's just because of the way that we design our bureaucracies and everything. Um, like where I'm from, which is St. Louis, like we have the city of St. Louis and the 91 municipalities around that city. Mm -hmm. So like if you could imagine trying to, and that's run by St. Louis County, but like trying to coordinate all those people to make sure that like transportation and things are like 
taken care of so that your emissions go down that's that's some that's difficult to do and then when you start thinking about um like in florida they're already see, seeing sea level rises where um daily pretty much streets are flooded and so figuring out who's in charge of like pumping out that water and who has to b flip the bill for that i we need to become more community-minded um but unfortunately those structures don't exist and so we have to figure out new ways of like collaborative governance basically to to address these issues um but that means people have to give stuff up including like some jobs are going to have to be merged and like counties are going to have to come together and they're going to have to be emergency action plans that are formed and like all these things that like are really hard for humans to do because we're territorial and like yeah. our funding and our lives and our jobs and uh and giving to other people it's just hard um so, I mean, I see it everywhere, but you you do see these kind of cool collaborative areas in some places where people are really trying to be transformative and really, really rethink things. But that's when people don't care about who gets the credit, just like mm -hmm. when they actually get to try to get to the end goal. And that's hard for people to do. Is it fair to say that we sort of just need to treat it like the existential crisis that it is? Yeah. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Also, this is just like a good way to like show that we have human community and like can be kind to each other and work together. What's that? I know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, so um, Missouri probably does not have to worry about sea level rise particularly, but I guess what for, for, you know, in the Midwest and around, around the country, like away from the coasts, what sort of effects are they feeling? And then I guess the second part of that question, uh, Hawaii is a blue state, a very blue state at all levels of government, but we still have trouble getting our act together. How are you finding uh, political disputes and politics getting in the way or not getting in the way? Are people overcoming this, working together? And if you could answer that in 20 seconds or less, that'd be great. Great. Um, so impacts in other places, uh, people are facing drought, um, which is leading to crop failures, also flash flooding. Um, it's just like variable weather that you can't predict because the climate is shifting, basically. Um, and so that's what Missouri is specifically facing is like these weird patterns of rain. Um, and then as far as the second part, which I totally forgot. Yeah. So so being from a red state or, you know, a, a purplish reddish state um what's your experience like with with politics factoring into how people are coming together to work on this i think it really depends on the issue and like people are really for clean energy and they're yeah. really for like union jobs and they're really for like a lot of progressive things like when you break down issue by yeah. issue minimum wages are increasing like all yeah. these things that could come with like a renewable energy economy i think missouri um, just voted to increase their minimum yeah. wage yep. didn't they if you yeah. can get it on the ballot that's the trick it's just that we they don't happen to like any right. of the politicians. Yeah, that's Josh's, Josh's patented phrase is uh, people love progressive policies. They just don't like progressive politicians. Yeah. Or they, they like liberal policies. They just don't like liberal politicians, to, yeah. to quote you exactly. Yeah, that's super true and super true in Missouri, too. I mean, the, you should have seen like the progressive policies that passed in this this past year. Also, Missouri was one of the first states we had a proposition in like 2014 that put a rebate on for, for solar. And it, it had in the Midwest like one of the highest installation rates for solar in like um in that whole region and so uh people like clean energy and same with like uh the future energy jobs act in illinois um there's a lot of like people who are just for that um i think what it comes down to is people are doing voting on single issues and um that's like clouding the whole rest of like the people who are like if you really care about abortion and that is your issue you're not going to vote for a candidate who is going to be a pro-choice candidate that's just like not going to happen even if every single thing is ticked off for you in the other places and i think like because we have these single issue people then it doesn't allow us to have like a closer a larger conversation and so i think issue by issue i've seen people who like have generally been like in support and they want the good jobs and they know that the economy is transitioning. They know that coal is phasing out and they want something better and also want to help those communities that are hurting because of it. Cause there's a lot of coal communities, especially in Illinois. And so I think they're at wanting to ask more questions of how do we help those people, but politicians aren't addressing it. So our, our listener Homer from Springfield writes, uh, why not nuclear energy? 
nuclear gets complicated because you have to figure out what to do with storage um, of the uranium once it's actually done. Pretty much all we're doing is trying to create steam when you're trying to create energy, right? And it's just like what you're burning or using to turn a turbine to get magnets rolling. Um, and solar is the only thing that doesn't do that. But um, it requires a ton of water. So for areas that already have water issues and droughts, not great. And then you have to figure out what to do with this to store all of that in its radioactive material. Um, and a lot of the pe places that could take it are not in my backyard. You're not having that here no. for like very reasonable reasons. Why wouldn't somebody want a nuclear reactor in their backyard? Great question. Ask your, ask your neighbors in Nevada about that, right? Yeah. Like, why would we do that to the people? <laughs> I just don't understand. And I, I understand the idea that it doesn't produce like emissions, typically like a coal-fired power plant does. Unless but, it explodes. Right. Right. And then what do you do? Then you have like then it only radiation everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not good. Fun fact. Uh, Please. <laughs> in case Oahu were to say get a nuclear missile or like uh, some other catastrophic event. One time I thought one was coming. I know, maybe like a year ago. Um, <laughs> basically, if this whole entire island was completely without power, but for some reason our transmission and distribution was still working, you could hook up all the submarines in Pearl Harbor empower the entire island pretty much indefinitely through the the nuclear power that's actually built into the submarines already but we don't have those kinds of agreements with the navy to where we could actually be able to do that that's actually pretty cool yeah, yeah. Uh, not a great long-term solution but for it, when you're in a pinch so tell, so tell us more about what the sierra club is doing and what what you're doing on the board yeah, so basically the Sierra Club has a long-term goal of trying to help the United States in general hit the Paris agreements. Um, they do that through a couple different programs, which includes like uh, Beyond Coal, which is our main staple. Um, it was founded, funded by the Bloomberg Foundation, and basically it's to try to shut down coal-fired power plants across the country in order to bring emissions down that way. Um, then you have Beyond Dirty Fuels, which includes like oil and gas um, and trying to fight pipelines and uh, things like that and um, oil infrastructure, including in Anwar, um, the Arctic National Wildlife Ref Refuge, um, which has now been opened up by the government um, to, for leasing uh, for oil drilling. And so um, kind of fighting on all fronts in that area. And then we also have an Our Wild America program, which is just trying to get people out in public lands and also protect public lands like bears ears some um, the national monuments that are being taken down um now helping and going in like with a ton of volunteers and cleaning up national parks while the government is shut down um th there's a whole host of other things that sierra club does and then there's uh chapters within the sierra club so that's like more looking at the national focus um and so there are chapters in Sierra Club that focus on local issues. Uh, and then on the board, I mean, I focus a lot on strategic guidance, but then also uh, I find that my role, because I did do so much local work um, and because I'm really connected to a lot of volunteers, is trying to create a place where people can ha be the best that they can be and do action as best as they can to be able to succeed on some of these challenges. Um, so that's like what the paid internship program is so that more people who wouldn't have access to internships do now. Um, and then trying to figure out ways that like young people can get involved in a pretty old organization, to be honest. Um, How long has it been around for? It's been around for 150 years, but Dang. a lot of, a lot of the people who are involved are pretty like actually old. <laughs> started by a, was John Muir. Should I say John Muir, right? Yeah. Who's the, the National Parks guy. The National Parks guy, yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out to Ken Burns' documentary, National oh, yeah. Parks, uh, which was amazing and does a really good uh, chronology of Muir's life. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so, you know, you mentioned uh, things like closing bears' ears, the shutdown, Anwar opening up. You know, these are all, I'm noticing a theme. These are all actions taken by the Trump administration. Um, you know, it's it's easy to lose track of you know every day it seems like another oh you know regulations are rolled back regulations are can you talk a little bit about what that actually means in real life for some of the communities that get affected yeah it's really sad actually um so it means like so there's been direct attacks on like methane and clean air acts to clean water act it means that um there are a lot that you're allowed to have higher levels of like parts per million of different like molecules and stuff that can cause cancer uh the, the people's water isn't being taken care of um in uh, east st louis for example there we don't even meet clean air standards and that's that the wealthy just part been, of st louis right? no that's like the um not the wealthy part <gasps> at all <laughs> no yeah, it's where all the black 
black and brown people. Yeah. They would they pump, do that. They pump the pollution into the neighborhood where the people of color live. Yeah, and there's like a n- nuclear, um, uh, like radioactive site that is, is a landfill that the EPA is supposed to be cleaning up oh, and currently is site. not. Yeah, yeah a Westlake landfill. Um, so just like a ton of crap that's happening yeah. that the government isn't stepping up and doing, and we need a functioning government. Yeah. Like that so frustrating yeah is, is there any rhyme or reason to these moves other than we don't like regulation because the big industry donors told us not to and obama did it and it's bad that's the only logical reasons i can if see if that is logic i mean yeah i, I mean if you truly believe government is, is not logical. supposed to be restrictive yeah. then that's that and so you just try to get rid of it and explode as many regulations as possible but that's when you get rivers that catch on fire and like cities where you can't breathe like that's, that's what never happened that's, though has it yes oh god <laughs> i mean that's what led to a lot of these regulations next you're gonna with. tell me they're poisoning our groundwater by oil drilling uh yeah that too Fra- fracking there's a lot of people who can't use their water in like pennsylvania oh, and stuff like that uh, have, you, have you happened to uh have you happened to see uh the lovely and majestic olawai canal while you've been in town maybe <laughs> We pass by a lot of places, and there are a lot of pretty places here, which is great. But well, I'm not 100. Oh, sure. I call this one. Oh, pretty. is that the like one where the, all the shipping stuff is? Or mm, it's like Probably. right behind Waikiki. It sort of it divides like Waikiki from the rest of downtown. I don't think I have then. It's a, basically a river of toxic sludge. Yeah. And the oh. sea level rise, uh, basically one of the things that the Army Corps of Engineers was going to do. It's be- got literal flesh-eating bacteria before uh, Before Trump told them to spend money on the wall instead, uh, the Army Corps of Engineers was going to reinforce it because uh, when the sea level rise does happen in Waikiki, that mountain runoff sludge water pollution is going to coat the most valuable tourist property in on the Earth. world. Yeah. So this should be fun. I had no idea. <laughs> Great. Well, that's Take that like to the board. another oh, thing on the list. <laughs> Brought to you by Hawaii Tourism Authority. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, <laughs> D-Bed. Um, question. Uh, there is a contentious um, new biomass facility being built on Big Island called Huhonua, and it is using uh, this overgrowth of eucalyptus trees as fuel um, for this 30-megawatt plant, which is massive for a biomass plant. For a very limited fuel supply of that entire island, which is Big Island and a lot of trees. So you did a lot of research in trees yes. and things. I would love to know your opinion. Oh, yes. Um, trees and things. Uh, that 30 megawatts is huge. And so I am... I'm kind of just wondering the amount of land area and like how much you would need to even cover that and do it sustainably in a way that won't like lead to like significant erosion and like all the, all the bad things. Uh, And so plus like if you're arguing that biomass is to like offset because you're using a renewable resource, you also have to like make sure that that you're, you have enough forest somewhere else to sequester all that carbon. Right. So, um, I mean, I'd have to look at all the like data and everything behind it, but like initially that sounds like not a great idea, <laughs> but, um, uh, just from like what I know basics, um, and like what you would need to power that all, all the time, it would be bad. It would. Yeah. So. Those well, are my thoughts. <laughs> turning the turning it a little bit back towards um, the Hawaii focus again, um, Natalie was telling us what's going on at the national level and how people are trying to sort of combat climate change on all fronts. What's going on here in Hawaii, Jordan, that people may not know, the average listener? Everyone knows everything about energy. That's oh. like my entire world, so I assume everyone knows what's going on. But anyway... Um, yeah, so of course we got the 100% RPS uh, renewable renewable portfolio standard um, to meet by 2045. Um, and what kind of 10 years ago when that was first written, it was very heavily energy focused. So it was looking at just doing energy efficiency and how do we create renewable energy generation. Um, Which is kind of what brought us here, right? Yeah, exactly. Because you um, got a job at a solar company. Very thankful for yeah. all of that. Yeah. Um, what's kind of we now- took our jobs. <laughs> Taking a job. Taking a job. Anyway, um, now that the focus is, is shifting more towards being either carbon neutral or um, carbon friendly or creating even like carbon markets here um, locally. Um, and so instead of just looking only at the energy sector, we're seeing a lot more uptake in transportation, um, especially with ground and air transportation, actually. 
the city and county actually opened up an office, I guess it was a year and a half ago, the Office of Climate Change, Sustainability, and Resiliency. Which and I believe uh, Councilman Trevor Zawa tried to defund and shut down. No, that sounds... No opinion. No opinion whatsoever. I huh? do think the office is great and should be funded. I, well, I think so, They've too. They've been doing a great but job. I'm sure he I, had yes. great reasons, too. He's my councilman, and I respect him highly. I'm, I apologize. So anyway, <laughs> uh, basically, you're seeing the, the, the shift in focus from being just like, it's just energy focused to now it's more holistic mm. and more kind of getting the communities involved with these kind of the greenhouse gas sequestration task forces that they're creating within the different communities. So um, it, it's more of a holistic approach of looking at how to um, offset carbon emissions versus just saying we need to have renewable energy. I guess other than other than the the multinationals and the other like big firms that end up in Hawaii just because they end up everywhere. What are the major drivers of pollution and emissions in Hawaii? Yeah, um, so it's pretty much like a third, a third, a third, um, a third uh, electricity generation, a third tra- ground transportation, and a third um, airplanes mm. um, or air trans- transport. Okay, that's insane what about like shipping like ships do ships put out a bunch that's also kind of thrown into the air, air like airplane okay. category i believe who are the major players here in the um you know if sierra club's a national player everybody should know um who are the major players here in hawaii who people need to know that would be the sierra club hawaii chapter the sierra club hawaii chapter and the sierra course. club oahu chapter and the big island chapter and the Kauai chapter and the maui chapter and the- anybody <laughs> other than sierra club <laughs> There's a lot of folks and, and all of the different organizations are kind of serving different purposes. Like some are really, really involved in intervening in all the dockets for policy with the Public Utilities Commission. Others are more so lobbying with the legislature. Switching gears a little bit, we were kind of talking this uh, before before we went on air about your experience, you know, running, running, being encouraged for running, for getting on the board. The two of this question is for both of you. As badass millennial women leading in your industry in an important industry for the future, what advice do you have to young women and girls out there who are interested in science, interested in STEM, interested in basically anything? What interested you... even in just advancing within their own organizations. Yeah. yeah. Basically, like how how to be a badass like you two. You first. Oh, great. <laughs> um, I just take opportunities when they're given to me. And like when people ask, um, one of the things that we were talking about earlier is like women typically have to be asked to run for office six times before they actually say yes. And so uh, I always like want to beat those odds or like be in places and spaces where women don't take up a lot of space so that um, like, and you have to be really intentional about that. And sometimes it's hard because sometimes you get hurt by doing that too. Um, And so I think it's just like, continuing on and like really just taking the opportunities that you can and going with it uh and that's like been my whole life i just apply to things and like if the opportunity prevents itself i just kind of go for it um and i think you just have to be a little bit aggressive about it and also just not apologize for being there uh because a lot of people may not want you there but making sure your opinions heard is like one of the best things that you could do for any organization especially one that's controlled by like all white old men Organizations controlled by old white men. I've never been in one of those. Uh, just, just, just the, just the one that issued me my passport. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Uh, well, second everything Natalie said, um, and we were just talking about the, the that exact issue this morning. Um, you that's know, me and her. That, that's like, me and Ryan. Not her think tank. Not her. Yeah. Her, my my personal think her tank. Think tank of badass woman at the office, yeah. consisting of yeah. my dog. Um, but Wait, in, only one of your dogs is in the just think tank? only yeah. one one only has the IQ smart enough to be in the one. think tank Kahlo could, could, yeah. could be the he's in the tank. he's in the friend the friend tank it's friendly true. tank it's true yeah biscuits dumb as crap she eats her own poop yeah. <laughs> uh, she's really concerned with climate change um, but anyway um, yeah it's Sorry, she's concerned with climate change because she's scared of the waves. She doesn't want the sea levels rising because she's so scared of the waves. Sorry. She's reducing her carbon emissions, yes. her methane emissions, <laughs> yeah. by eating her own food. Self-sustaining. Sorry, carbon neutral. Done. Yeah. All right. But seriously. But seriously, how women can advance in the workplace. No. Good jokes. Um, I, I, I kind of go back to, or I think talking about taking opportunities whenever you see them or like making an opportunity for yourself. Um, I remember in like elementary school, 
I grew up in Huntsville, which was like very engineer focused. And they would have these women engineers come and take all the girls from like second grade and teach them about science or like, here's a cool infrared camera. Is it science? Cool. Um, like see women can do any jobs that they want to do. Like, isn't that great girls? And I remember like asking my counselor, like, why wouldn't we like, why would I not want to do this? Or like, are you not telling me something? Yet? Exactly. Like, like the... should, should I not? I'm not like seeing, I shouldn't I'm, do I'm this? not seeing the issue here. Exactly. This seems so, too good to be true. <laughs> they just let me do this. So like, thankfully, like growing up in that kind of mindset yeah. of just not being put into, no one puts baby in a corner. So it's, it's basically taking the opportunities when you see them, putting yourself at the table that, you know, there are no other women at, like, yeah. that's where I'm supposed to be. That's where I want to operate. Um, just so I can get the skills and get the, the exposure and the kind of opportunities that wouldn't be presented to me if I was just another face in the crowd. Well, I, I remember, you know, I, I don't have a, I don't have any personal story of like being oppressed. I've, you know, I'm a, I'm a white man. Things have been pretty good for me most of my life. Um, hey, you know, Democrats are the real racists. That's true. Yeah. Uh, it's but not I, easy to be a, it's not easy to be a white man. But I, I mean, did you see that Gillette commercial? That's true. Like yeah, we're dude. under attack. Well, well speaking of, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, I couldn't, I, I couldn't do that with a straight face. I, I remember, um, I, I guess I would say living with, a woman who's living that lifestyle, like being with you is I'm, I'm very proud because like, I remember the first time you called me and told me that, uh, when you were working in solar and, and a, you had sold and designed this project for a community here on Oahu. And I remember you calling and telling me like, Oh my God, I went to the, I was about to go to the meeting and the like head of the HOA called and said, can you send a man instead? That actually no, happened. He didn't. That actually happened. And, and like, and like to think about like that you, like I've never. No one's ever been like. No you, one. No one's ever called me right before I'm supposed to go to a meeting. Like, can you send a black woman instead of you? Like, it's always been like you're good enough for who you are just by virtue of your existence. And yes, like that's an that's a that's an allegory for the 2016 election, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Homo right. America's Homeowner Association. Yeah. And it just, yeah. <laughs> now the, Can now you the, send a man instead. Now the Clemson, like, but yeah, we've yeah. got one but like he's he's like the he's the kind of guy that like like he'd go to the White House and he'd like feed you McDonald's. Yeah. Kind of, no, like, no, he's fine. Now, now the Clemson yeah, Championship Football Team is eating it, cold McDonald's. He actually yeah. has no expertise in what he's talking about and doesn't even know how to sell anything. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll take him. We'll take him. Yeah. <laughs> Is the other options a woman? Like, yeah. Mm, yeah, I'll just take the guy. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't. I mean, to ask both of you who have this wealth of knowledge and are obviously in, incredible minds. Um, what gives you hope for the future, given the sort of predicament that we're in right now with climate change and sea level rise and all these sorts of things? Short answer, um, that there is a lot of attention on it. And I think regardless of what you may see from the White House or nationally, there's a, a large populace of people that are really pushing for this. It's on the forefront of their minds. It, it, and now you're getting more executives and leadership within businesses and these kind of larger conglomerates that hopefully will have will have that same kind of mission, that same kind of vision. Um, so that's kind of like the big picture, smaller picture. It's like, hey, that's more business for me. So great. Well, it, like uh, Hoy's largest uh, private company, the uh, Hoy Electric Industries, is now in favor of uh, like carbon neutral and carbon negative policies. Like that's a huge shift for a company who is deriving their energy production from non-renewable sources. So number 2 fuel oil to be specific. It's true. <laughs> it's easy it's easy to be flexible when you're the only game in town. It's true. Natalie, what about you? What what gives you hope for the future? I really like the people that I work with and the people in this movement. Like they're really dedicated. They care a lot. Um, and there's also been a shift from just caring about polar bears to actually caring about people, which is um, especially in liberal circles, I think is like super important um, because we are leaving out huge portions of the population before of people who um, 
who were not valued as much as like polar bears like their islands that were falling in like in shift alaska they're using losing four to, uh four to five feet of land every single year and they voted to like move off their island and they can't afford to move to the mainland alaska for example but they weren't being talked about instead instead polar bears were and i think we're starting to finally shift that and i think that the people in this movement are really just like super dedicated and they care so much and they um and they make it fun to work on, which is kind of an interesting place to be. But um, I really like the people for sure. Moral of the story, don't care about polar bears. I only care about polar bears at Christmas time when those cute little Coca-Cola commercials come out. <laughs> I mean, polar bears are cool too. But I have a, I have a Greenpeace uh, calendar up in my office and that's unfortunate. The, the it's Jan- only polar bears? The January. No, I mean, it's 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 one different endangered species every month but the january polar bear the poor guy's looking pretty skinny is is species the singular of species i'm not the biologist I i'm gonna say no i think it i think it is <laughs> maybe not i don't know like we got two science women and two liberal arts men uh, somebody should know this answer <laughs> i'm trying to like think of a sentence right now I, I species species Listeners, species. get back to us. Yeah. Species is the right version. You know what? I'm I'm ready to die on this hill. Okay, you ready? <laughs> M- maybe you shed blood for this. Species, it is. Blood oath right now. Blood. Get my pocket knife. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, ladies, thank you both so much. There's ten million and one questions that we would love to ask you. Um, listeners, if you have any additional questions that you want us to ask, we've got their contact information. I'm very very good friends with one of them. Um, I'm sure I can ask her whatever she, whatever you want to know. Uh, get at us on Twitter. Get at us on Facebook. Get at us on Instagram. Uh, Natalie, where can people go to find out more? About like how to get involved? Just yeah. about general, just life, just anything. Just get involved. Um, I think you can go to local groups that are focused on environment. Just email them and say, I'd like to get involved. Tell them what your strengths are. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure that everyone is looking for people to help out. What, if, what about if they decide, no, I only want the gold standard, Sierra Club or bust? How do they get involved with the Sierra Club? Um, well, they, they could email me if you all want to give out my contact information <laughs> um, and I can get them involved. There's also a volunteer connection on the website, uh, the main website, SierraClub.org. Um, and and you could also just start in your local chapter because that like helps you at least get a, affiliated with the organization and let you know. But if you're like, I want to get on a national committee immediately, then yeah, you could talk to me and I can try to find a way to plug you in. Yeah. Speaking of plugs, uh, our dear friend of the show, Ikaika Hussey, put on Facebook today that Sierra Club is looking for an Oahu program manager. So shameless plug there. Shameless plug. Uh, And Jordan, where can people go if they want to get involved with any of the stuff going on here locally in Hawaii? Where do you recommend people go? Facebook events. Um, If people want to Venmo you money, how do they do that? (laughs) Backslash. No. (laughs) Um, well, I, I guess if you want to just like learn a bit more about like Hawaii, Hawaii's historical policy goals within energy, um, you can check out um, the Hawaii Clean Energy Initiative. Uh, the Hawaii State Energy Office has just put out their strategic vision for the next five years, I believe. Um, it's pretty cool. It's heavily focused on transportation. Um, and also check out transcendingoil.com. Uh, that's was put out through um, Elemental Accelerator last year around Earth Day. Basically saying it's cheaper to go faster as we transition to the renewable energy future. Um, so we can save like a couple of billions of dollars. That's a slick, that's a slick website. Too. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a really... What was the name of the company that did that website? Um, it's the company that made The Pudding, um, which The Pudding is super cool. If you just go like pudding.com, they have like these really cool data viz reports. Um, but the actual research was done by um, Rhodium Group. Rhodium Group. Okay, but cool. they didn't do the cool pictures. They were like data science. We should get nerd. the pudding people to do our version 2.0 of our website. Mm. You think that's cheap? I, I'm gonna say it's pretty expensive. <laughs> we have Perfect. we have looking for a sponsor. Looking for a sponsor. We have to exactly sponsor our website redesign. Broke dollars. Yeah, in zero cents. We are broke dollars. Yeah. Um, ladies, thank you so much again. Uh, you're both wonderful. You're very badass. Uh, yeah. Not just as a future female, but the present is female too. And we are in your debt for your time. Natalie Lucas, Jordan Little, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii.